Margaret Agus Fadrig. God and Mary to you and St. Patrick. My name is Christabel. I'm a teacher and a theologian, and I make this podcast to help us all enter into a deeper relationship with the Triune God. We do this through the lofty heights of prayer, and in this case, particularly that of mental prayer. This meditation and mental prayer focuses on the calming of the storm. Okay, so let's have a look at the actual piece that we're going to meditate on. We come into the presence of God. We first read the gospel story aloud. And as we do it, we're aware, very aware of God watching us reading it and listening to us retelling the story that was told by generation after generations of Catholics over the last 2000 years. In this piece on the calming of the storm, we'll have two considerations that are relevant to this piece. One, Jesus was asleep in the boat. And two, the tempest was so violent that the apostles were afraid for their lives. When we begin the meditation, we place ourselves among the apostles in the boat. We imagine we're there. We do it in such a way that in our imagination, we have a clear view of our sleeping Lord. In our imagination, we look around at the bottom of the boat. There's a pile of fishing nets and the usual paraphernalia that fishing boats have. This will orientate ourselves better right into the reality of the situation. Now, whenever you look, you see that John has dozed off beside Jesus and you hear the apostles discussing how tired Jesus is. John is sleeping lightly as he often awakes to readjust his position, wanting to become more comfortable. John has been talking to Jesus for hours as usual. And Jesus has been up praying all night. You hear this, you you find this out just from listening to the disciples discussing it. You yourself look at Jesus. Your heart feels very warm and loving toward him. You realise the virtue you wish to acquire. You think about it. And then suddenly as you look at Jesus, you feel a stab of conscience in the presence of the All-Holy One. You look away quickly and you consider your sinfulness. You look back at the pillow Jesus rests his head on. And for love of him, You decide to make him a spiritual pillow. And how will you do this? You realise that it's filled with tiny feathers and each one of those feathers could represent a penance that you do each day. So if you enact little penances from now on against your predominant fault, then you can make these little feathers to go in to his pillow to make him feel much more comfortable. Suddenly, there's a cracking noise from the sails. You hear James from behind say, that wind is rising. Peter stands up and works with the ropes. The prow of the little boat lifts high into the air as the waves rise. The boat slaps down on the other side of the wave as white surf flies into the boat. John wakes up and, realising what is happening, grabs some sacking and places it over his lord to protect him from the sea, which is now entering the boat. Wake him up, wake him up, shouts someone with terror in their voice. John smiles. Leave Jesus to sleep, Judas, he says as he grips a tighter hold on the side of the boat. This tempest won't last. But the waves are lifting higher and the boat is tossing from side to side. At one point, the boat is lifted high, so high that a little band can see for miles. Then they're plunged down between two mountainous waves that tower on either side of them. Terror strikes to the core. Master, master, wake up, they shout, we perish. Jesus awakens, opens his eyes and he looks at you. This is an eternal moment. There is just you and he looking at each other. You are in the middle of life's terror. What is he saying to you? What are you saying to him? Here is God, the God you love, 
Soon he's going to be crucified for you, to suffer for your sins. Talk to him. As you know, this intimate conversation with God is known as the Kaliloquy. Here we have moved naturally from the meditation to the bearing of our soul before Jesus. It is as if our flesh has gone and our soul is exposed. We see our spiritual selves as if we're looking into a mirror. As we see our faults and defects and feel sorrow, grace naturally enters into our being. As we acknowledged our need to change, we realise that to do this, we cannot do it without God's grace. In today's world, we need so many graces, mountains of grace. We need graces that will carry our boat through this storm. We need grace to take our eyes off the huge waves towering over us on every side and have the grace of courage to keep our eyes on our blessed Lord. And we need that now. We turn to the Mother of God. Dark night hath come down on this rough spoken world and the banners of darkness are broadly unfurled and the tempest-tossed church, all her eyes are on thee. We look to thy shining, sweet star of the sea. Now we have reached Thanksgiving. We thank Jesus for the good thoughts and the inspirations that he has given us during this time of prayer. Allow yourself to feel awe as you realise that you and Jesus were so close together. Perhaps you have to hand one of our meditation journals, which is available on our website, meditationjournals.com or from Amazon. The links are in the show notes. Make a note of your resolutions, which you formed in the meditation and a prayer something like, you know, Lord, I offer you these resolutions, which we spoke about during the prayer, and I ask you to grant me the efficacious grace to put them into practice. I ask you, dear mother, to help me and the angels and saints to come to my aid during the day so that I may remember what I've decided to do and I may put it into practice. Often when we've finished our mental prayer, we can experience a feeling that can be described as the perfume or the odour of sanctity. And we want to keep this as long as possible alive in us during the day. We can't allow it to evaporate and just disappear. It's very important that we ask heaven to keep us in holiness throughout the day. You know, mental prayer prepares us for action. That's the important thing. It's not something that we drift away on clouds of spirituality. It's for putting into action every day what we learn. We're looking for virtue. We're hoping to eradicate our faults. We want to become holy. And so we have started on the outside with the meditation, with physical things, and we go inside to our hearts where we meet God. So coming out again, facing into the day, we take our cares, our problems, we take them on differently. We use what we have learned and apply it to the situations. St Ignatius advises us to do an examination after each meditation and mental prayer. What he says is that, number one, ask yourself, when I began this meditation, was I organised enough to know what I was meditating upon and why I had chosen that particular meditation? Was I able to tell our Lord what I hoped to gain from the meditation? The second question we ask ourselves is, did I set the time for half an hour or the 15 minutes, if dividing it into two meditations per day, did I stick to the time? 
Number three, did I make a note beforehand, the fault or virtue and resolutions I wanted to work on? And did I ask for the graces I really needed? Number four, did I strengthen my faith in the presence of God? Did I focus on the fact that I was going to speak with God? Number five, did I begin by offering the meditation to God and have I asked for the grace to perform it fruitfully? Number six, did I set up a proper space to carry out this meditation? Number seven, did I carefully read the meditation, observing the different points in it that resonate with the present state of my soul? Have I read with care the points? thinking that God was speaking to me. Have I drawn up practical resolutions? Number nine, did I sit, kneel, stand with dignity as I address Jesus Christ, my Lord and my King? Have I allowed myself to be overcome by drowsiness or laziness? Number 11, when I noticed myself entertaining useless thoughts, did I immediately turn away from them? Number 12, have I become overproud from feeling holy? Number 13, Have I become anxious through dryness or desolation? Number 14. Have I omitted colloquies or supplications? Number 15. Have I dwelled upon discursive thoughts or other operations of the intellect for too long a time? Number 16. Have I paused too little to reflect on what was happening within the meditation? Number 17. Have I shortened the meditation for reasons of dryness, temptations or other pretexts? Number 19, have I asked for the graces necessary to carry out my daily duties and do the will of God in my life? Number 20, have I admitted to pray for those whom I'm obliged to pray for and pray for the church? St. Anthony Mary Claret advises that if we find we have failed, we should seek forgiveness and make a firm purpose of amendment. And if we do not discover any faults, we should give thanks to God for that. Finally, let us recall whatever in the meditation moved us most and place it in our heart to be recalled throughout the day. Examining oneself after the meditation is most useful in order to gain fruit from our prayer and to learn the practical way of doing it. Consequently, it is always wise to make this examination, not only at the time of the exercises, but also every day of the year.